To those of you listening to us on the Internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who honored his mother right up to the point of his death, my beloved. Mother's Day. A day you can approach with a certain amount of negativism. And say to yourself, it's nothing more than a day conjured up by greeting card companies and florists and restaurants for brunch to pad their pockets in the springtime. And for some women, it is a day fraught with not-so-fond thoughts for various reasons. I propose that that negativism is a result of the general and national loss of our previously predominantly Christian values and the secularizing of just about anything and everything. So this morning I would like to Christianize Mother's Day and view it like it should really be viewed. I remember when I was young, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years old, got up on Mother's Day, and uh, I had three brothers, and so on Mother's Day, we all gave my mom our Mother's Day cards that we had made in school the previous week. And uh, there was no card from my dad, and I asked my dad, why not? And he said, because she's not my mother. During the week, of course, he had stopped to see his mother for lunch and to bring her his card. And I thought, well, that was kind of a harsh philosophy. I think he softened over the years. But that uh, experience sort of serves as a foundation for my point. Today is not just a day for flowers and brunch, and cards. And it's not even just a day to thank mom and to honor mom. Whether she is still alive here on earth or gone home to heaven, today is a day to thank God for mother, for your mom, and for mine. Now, to do so this morning, I'd like to uh, remember some notable mothers throughout Holy Scripture. And it's just uh, my random selection, ten mothers that I chose. First of all, I begin with Mother Eve. Eve, the very first mother. Sometimes she is referred to as the mother of all the living. Genesis chapter 4, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. 
the first mother recognized that her very first child was a gift from the Lord. In fact, she says, with the help of the Lord. That's the name for God that uh, indicates his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. And I think with those words, Eve was also recognizing that this was the very first one to begin a line of descendants, ultimately to produce one who would crush the head of the serpent. It's kind of interesting. Adam lived to be 930 years old. That would make middle age about 450. I wonder how big that household was. Noah's wife. It's kind of interesting. Scripture doesn't give Noah's wife a name. Faithful wife, just imagine that. Uh, undergoing decades of ridicule and laughter for building this huge ship on dry land. And then finally when it was uh, built and you got up in the water, she had to be there in the inside of that thing for a whole year. The feeding of the animals and the smell. You might call Noah's wife the second mother of all of the living. Because all humanity had died, save eight people in that flood. She was a lady from whom the entire world was now repopulated. A mother of three. All boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And one of the descendants from one of those boys would be Jesus. And then there was Sarah, the wife of Abraham. The man after the flood, God came to him and said, Abraham, from you and all your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, indicating that through his seed, the Savior would be born. God came to Abraham and Sarah and told Sarah, she was 65, Abraham was 75, said, you're going to have a son. Again, when... Uh, Sarah was 89 years old. God said, next year, you're going to have a son. She laughed. Sure enough, next year, Sarah, age 90, Abraham 100, a boy. Genesis 21, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. A mother by a miracle of God. Who remembers Jochebed? Kind of an odd name. The mother of Moses. Exodus chapter 2. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. 
Remember, Pharaoh was trying to kill all the baby boys. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Protected a son. So that the government wouldn't kill her baby. Rahab, mother of Boaz. What does that have to do with anything? Joshua chapter 2. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. What's that all about? God's people, just as God had promised, was now ready to take the promised land. And the first city that stood in their way was Jericho, a powerful, great city. Joshua sent out spies. First house that they went to was the house of Rahab, a prostitute. They said, you, you let us go. As we, now we spied out the city, you let us go safely. As a gesture of thank you, we, when we come in here, we won't kill you. Jericho was destroyed. God's people came in. Rahab was spared. She married into the Israelites, even though she was not one of them. And in doing so, as history tells us, she became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Ruth, the mother of Obed. Interesting story. A woman by the na name of Naomi, an Israelite. There was a famine in the land, so she took a trip with her husband, went over to Moab. Uh, her, one of her sons married a, a woman by the name of Ruth, an outsider, a Moabitess. Famine was over. Ruth's husband died. Naomi's husband died. Two widows, what would they do? They went back home. They were so poor, they had to pick kernels of grain off the ground after the farmers had harvested but there was a wealthy man there, a man by the name of Boaz, who saw Ruth and fell in love with her and married her. And they had a son named Obed. So what does that have to do with anything? It's kind of interesting in the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. St. Matthew tells us, Salmon, the father of Boaz whose mother was Rahab, 
Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David, who was the great-grandpa of Jesus. Hannah, the mother of Samuel. She couldn't have any children. In her deep anguish from 1 Samuel, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all his days. And no razor will ever, ever be used on his head. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. She gave her son up when he was about four years old. Let him move by himself to the temple, tabernacle, about 10 miles, 15 miles away. Let him there all on it. Some of our kids are afraid when they go to kindergarten, you have to leave them for one day. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli, the priest, would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman and take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home, and sure enough, she was blessed with a whole lot more children after that. Gave up her child to the Lord. Samuel became one of the greatest prophets of God in the Old Testament. Bathsheba. Mother of King Solomon. One evening from 2 Samuel, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I'm pregnant. Adulterous situation. God didn't allow David and Bathsheba to get by with it either because unfortunately that baby died. But Bathsheba had another child, a son, by the name of Solomon who became the richest and the wisest and the most powerful king, probably a power to be reckoned with in the whole world. And the great, 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 great grandpa of Jesus. Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, an old lady with no children. And many of you remember the story. The angel appeared to her husband, Zechariah, when he was in the temple offering incense. You're going to have a son. How am I supposed to do that? The angel said, because you didn't believe for nine months during the pregnancy, you won't be able to talk. And so it was. Nine months later, Elizabeth, Zechariah, in their old age, had a baby boy. When Zechariah could finally talk, he said, his name is John. As the angel had said, he was John the Baptist who pointed out the way for his cousin Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Miraculous birth. Mary, 
the mother of Jesus. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born of you will be called the Son of God. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. A miracle birth. Finally, Jesus is born. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you notice how Mary also calls this son that would be born her Savior? Because she recognized that she too was a sinner. And so it was that Jesus, born of Mary, in great poverty, she laid him in a manger. What do all those mothers have in common? Every one of them was a sinner in need of a Savior. And they were all faithful to the Lord and His promises to send that Savior. And all those mothers were used as agents and servants of God to expand His kingdom of salvation. Thank God for your mother. Some of us have very good relationship with our mothers. And when you think of them, their faces, whether they are sainted or still living here, it brings a smile to your face. And for some of us, it perhaps wasn't a very good relationship with them. And then you have to forgive. Whatever it may be, like all the mothers before They are sinners and forgiven sinners. And besides all of that, she still is the reason why you are here. Because God kept you under her heart for nine months and you were not aborted. And he used your mother as his servant to expand his kingdom. How do I know that? Because you are here. Mother's Day, more than honoring mother with a brunch or flowers or cards, even much more than a day to thank mom. It's a day to thank God for the miracle of birth. For your mother, she gave you your life. Whether she's still here or sainted and now in heaven, For our mothers, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We confess our faith in a little different way this morning with reflection on God's word on page 7. Please join with me. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and the one from whom our salvation comes. I believe in Jesus, the Messiah. As the good shepherd, he came from heaven to give his life for us, his sheep. As the lamb, he suffered and shed his blood under Pontius Pilate. 
He was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, Jesus came back to life. He will appear again to give us eternal life. I believe in the Holy Spirit, by whose power we not only recognize that we are God's own, but we become convicted of the necessity of repenting of our sin, turning to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. Through him, we are able to respond to the shepherd's voice and to tell others of the good news about the wonderful grace of God. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.